the number of times that I've heard just this week, the world is falling apart. What is happening? How could Afghanistan collapse in such a short time after 20 years? How could we leave the country when women and girls were going to be raped and killed? How could we leave interpreters and allies to hide? And what I kept wondering and what I kept feeling was that our anger at the Taliban, it was deeper for what they were going to do to the Afghans than it was 20 years ago. What changed in us? And it so often occurs, and I mean often, that what I used to call coincidence, I don't feel comfortable saying that, when a week's parsha aligns so succinctly with current events. Parsha Kititse, it addresses how do you respond to darkness in the world? Judaism is designed to respond to the darkness of the realities of the world and to create an infrastructure around our experience that leads us and the world closer to a place of justice. But this, this parsha, it shifts in an intense and different direction when it comes to our enemy, Amalek. There's something about Amalek that is different from all the other enemies we have. This week, we are told to blot out the memory of Amalek, and that includes not only the generation that is alive in the Torah, but the generations that follow. Amalek is placed in a category of evil never before seen in the Torah. And this is a radical departure from our response to other nations who have been our enemies. In Numbers 20:14, the Edomites, they prevent our passage through their land, but when we get to Deuteronomy, we are told not to harbor hate to the Edomites, for they are our brothers. Egypt put us in hell and enslaved us for hundreds of years. And then we're told, you should not abhor an Egyptian, for you are a stranger in his land. But Amalek is in a wholly different category. We're told to blot out and to despise Amalek in all future generations. So what's going on here? What changes? Why would our disgust of Amalek be worse than Egypt? Why would we have a greater reaction to what the Taliban is going to do in 2021 than we did to what they had already done in 2001? I want to share a teaching from Rabbi Shai Held, who deconstructs this week's parsha in trying to understand why we hate Amalek with such passion. Cornelius Houtman, a religious study professor from Campman Theological University, points out that Amalek's attack is essentially an attempt to cut short the exodus out of Egypt and to frustrate the fulfillment of the promises. After living through tyranny, the Jewish people were finally free. And the Amalekites, they go to tear that freedom away. And it makes me, it makes me think of those girls and those women who've known freedom for 20 years. 
walking out of their schools and their homes and seeing the trucks roar into their villages with the Taliban carrying automatic rifles. At the end of the Parsha, we read that Amalek goes after the weak among the Israelites. Literally chases the back of the Israelite pack. Now, if you think about it, who would be in the back of the pack of the Israelites when they marched? It's the little children. It's the old. It's the weak. That is who Amalek attacks. Rabbi Beno Jacob points out that it was this act that made the Amalekites worse than the Egyptians. Because they were not just cruel politically, but that they were moral pariahs. Diana Lipton points out that this behavior is the exact opposite of what Israel is trying to accomplish in the book of Deuteronomy. Israel is trying to build a society of ethics and justice where the measure of its greatness is measured by how the orphan, the poor, and the widow is treated. The Amalekites are the polar opposite. They're feasting on the weakest link of society. 20 years ago, we were furious about the terrorist attack on our soil. And then we learned that this group, the Taliban, also oppressed women and girls. Now, 20 years later, those women and girls, they've tasted freedom. We're trying to build a more just society, and now our hearts break for them. For 20 years, it's been maddening to see an Afghan society trying to create human rights and for them to be snuffed out before they can be actualized. You see, the hatred we see in this parsha for Amalek it's not actually about a people. Amalek is an idea. Rabbi Moshe Avigdor Amiel, he sees a battle between the people of the book and the people of the sword. Amalek is pure evil in the world. Amalek is feeding on the weakest link in society, taking others' freedoms away. Amalek was found in Germany in World War II. Amalek is found today in Afghanistan. The reason we have had such a visceral reaction to this is because built within the Judaic value of blotting out Amalek was the value of sensing pure evil and knowing the signs of it and then rejecting it like our body does to food poison. 20 years ago, we entered Afghanistan with a sword to prevent and to avenge another terrorist attack. But in those 20 years, those people, they become three-dimensional. Those girls and those women were not afterthoughts, but became our primary thoughts. And in those three dimensions, it's heart-wrenching to imagine Amalek standing over them. My heart it screams like a nightmare. You open your mouth in terror and no sound comes out. When I think of those children and those women and those journalists and those interpreters who are hiding in the dark, afraid of Amalek coming to their door. And as Jews, one must ask, what should my response to this moment be? 
Because there's so many people who are responding or want to respond by shrinking into their corner and enjoying their own self-pleasures. But this is not what Judaism is about. This is antithetical to Judaism. Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel, he urges that there is no time for neutrality. Being neutral and disengaged is not a Jewish value. Judaism can feel like a disparate system of strange rituals and traditions and mitzvot, but disparate they're not. It is meant to be a unified, holistic system which lays the groundwork to live a life where our actions, and even more so, our reactions, are focused in a way where we are engaged with the world, where our lives are not meant to be disjointed, where some of our actions are self-serving and ignoring the rest of the world. Because we get one shot at this existence. And our goal is to weave our actions together into a masterpiece. And then Shabbat comes once a week to remind us of our mission, to remind us of what a utopia could taste like, and then to use the rest of the week engaging the world to create that masterpiece until we reach Friday night, hopefully exhausted by all the work that we did to bring the world closer to how it ought to be. This week, this month, is a time of deep introspection. A time to examine what we are doing to blot out the omelets of this world. May this time be one of meaning, be one of truth, and be one of living up to being the people of the book and not the people of the sword. Shabbat Shalom.